0: Welcome to the True Talk Cafe podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We're so excited that you're here. Our podcast will tackle a myriad of topics, ranging from relationships to personal development and everything in between. Today, we will tackle the topic of mansplaining. Yep, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and some of you may have experienced it, but you just didn't know it. Or maybe you did. But first, let me introduce you to the pod crew. I'm Renee Stewart. We have Lolly Ramirez-Bennett. Hi, Lolly. We have Anna Garcia. Hi, Anna. Hey. And we have Carla Decor. Hello. Hey, Carla. So collectively, we span four generations. Can you believe that? I mean, just look at us, guys. Four generations. We've all experienced highs and lows in our personal lives and in our professional careers. That has qualified us, yes, qualified us, to share our unique perspectives with you, which, you know, we can't wait to do. But before we get started on today's content, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook, and you can use at True Talk Cafe, and on Twitter, you can use at True Talk Cafe One. So please don't forget to like us, rate us, and leave us a review, but please be nice. We value your feedback. We want to make sure that um, we are providing the content that resonates with you. So please, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts.
1: We are so excited for today's show. Along with the crew, we will be introducing a special guest. So make sure to stay tuned and find out who it is to hear all things mansplaining from what it is to real life experiences and also stick around we're not your traditional podcast crew and we're shaking things up so didn't miss out on the finding out how you can join us on an upcoming episode but now let's dive in and kick off this episode
2: Well, hello. This is Carla, and I am so excited to talk to you today about mansplaining. This is a topic that is a trend uh, in so many ways, but it is also a very important topic that is important for everyone, both genders, female or male, to know what it is and why it is important to at least acknowledge when it is being done. And uh, we decided to bring this topic to our podcast this uh, month because, you know, many of us have gone through some type of mansplaining experience. To share my personal experience, I have experienced it actually a few times. But early in my career, uh, I noticed that there was a lot of interruption, from, especially from males. I was raised being a submissive woman, quiet, obedient, respectful, and mostly respectful of men and elders. And uh, when I came to the United States and, and I was starting my professional career, I noticed that, you know, in meetings, oftentimes it was common for people to stop me from talking and, uh, and taking over the conversation in many ways. Uh, one time I scheduled a meeting. I was in charge of partnership development with a corporation and I scheduled a meeting with a potential partner. And one of my peers, someone who was more senior than me, who had been with the organization for much longer than me, I decided to invite him to join me at this partnership meeting because I thought he could bring a different perspective to the the meeting. Uh, When we arrived, it was a meeting with a, a female at the other organization, and I introduced you know, who was there and what was the purpose of us being there. And he just took over the conversation and explained why we were there. He explained why the partnership will be uh, a good um, thing for both organizations to do and explain what we were going to do next. And then I guess he felt better because he asked for my opinion after he had pretty much said everything uh, about what the meeting was supposed to be for, my meeting. Uh, And then, uh, you know, I, I briefly, I couldn't say anything. I just said, well, yes, actually, this is what we were meeting. And I invited the the female partner to to uh, join and, and provide some feedback. And she shared pretty much brief information about what her thoughts were about the partnership. And he came in and he took over her conversation as well and he shared why that was what she was saying was important to the partnership and why those were valid points. Um Was he mansplaining? Absolutely, right? Uh, I was thinking, well, what did I miss? Why, Why did this guy take over when it was my meeting? So he did mansplain and I briefly had a conversation with him afterwards about this whole situation. And it was just a very uncomfortable situation. So to further explain what mansplaining is, I tried to talk to my peers about it, uh, females and males, so they understand why this is important. But we decided to bring someone who is an expert in mansplaining, and she has actually written different things about it in um Her name is Kim Goodwin. If you follow her on Twitter, or if not, you need to follow her. Her Twitter account is at Kim Goodwin, W-O-O-D-W-I-N. And she is the best-selling author of The Signing for the Digital Age. Kim has spent over 25 years leading user experience and digital product teams, both consulting and in house, and she often teaches and speaks about her work. She also draws a lot of diagrams, which led to her internet famous mansplaining flowchart. If you Google Kim, And mansplaining flowchart, you will see who she is. So without further ado, we have Kim here. Thank you so much for joining us today to further explain what mansplaining is. So could you please share with us in your words, and your experience, what is mansplaining?
3: Hi, Carla. Thanks for having me. First, I will say I I don't think I'm an expert on mansplaining at all. (laughs) Uh, I think that I'm someone who got frustrated that male colleagues were asking me what mansplaining was took five minutes to post a diagram and it it exploded. (laughs) And ever since then, then people I think have assumed I'm an expert, but I have written on it uh, since then, just by popular demand, I guess. In my experience, mansplaining is really comes down to three things. And maybe we can call it splaining because it's not only men, although I think most of us mostly get it from guys. I think one is it's an unwanted explanation, right? We didn't ask for it. We, We didn't say that we needed help. The second is that there's an assumption about relative knowledge that's just not correct. You know, I've had people explain to me basic concepts in product design that were covered in my own 800-page book. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that's just frustrating. And, you know, third is I think that there's just, it's often rooted in some bias, right? There's an assumption that as women, we are less knowledgeable, less capable, uh, you know, when men are... As boys, they're taught to speak up. They're taught to share knowledge. They're praised for having the right answer in class. And girls are praised for being quiet in class, right? So I think there's a lot of dynamics that go on there.
2: That is true. So, how do you think that men's planning became a thing or a trend that we are seeing articles and many conversations about it recently?
3: I'm not sure quite when the word cropped up. I think that uh, Rebecca Solnit definitely kicked something off in about 2008, I think it was. She wrote an article called Men Explain Things to Me, wherein a a guy at a party started telling her, basically reciting her book to her, not understanding that she had written the book. And, uh, you know, she just sort of goes on from there. And so I think it's a behavior that a lot of women recognized. And uh, I don't know who coined the word, to be honest, but I I just think it's um, like a lot of behaviors, I think, women are tired of putting up with some of this stuff in the workplace. And so we are starting to label it more and talk about it more and just not put up with it as much.
2: Right. And, and you know, I'd never, I had never heard of it until um, I went to a women's event and that was the topic. And I said, you know what, that actually happens to me also all the time. So now I had a, a name for it. So it was great. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what interests you about the topic that, you know, you consistently, you know, write about it and talk about it and you come to events or talks like this one to talk about it?
3: You know, it's not so much that, that I have a thing about mansplaining. I think I get asked about it just because that diagram went viral and it did just keeps showing up. I guess you don't get to choose what your internet famous for, right? That's true. I'm not so much interested in mansplaining itself as I am in, uh, as someone who leads teams and teaches other people to be more effective in leading teams. I'm very interested in how do we have healthy communication among ourselves as colleagues? You know, how do we get the best from each other in a respectful and inclusive way? And this is just one of many communication behaviors that's counterproductive. So I find it interesting from that point of view because there are lots of unproductive communication behaviors and, and this is one of several.
2: Right. So take, take us through the, the diagram that you created. Um, what, how did you start it? And tell us what it is for someone who has not seen it. If okay. you haven't, you need to Google it, but someone who has not seen it, take us through it.
3: Uh, Sure. Well, I think I mentioned a couple of male colleagues had well-intended guys had said, you know, I, I'm not sure when I'm mansplaining. And I was just exasperated by this. And I thought, really, is it that hard to tell that you're mansplaining? I mean, come on, any, any woman can tell you that we've been mansplained too. And so I just I tend to explain things in diagrams a lot. And so I just started drawing a flowchart. Uh, and so the the first thing is, you know, did this person ask you to explain it? If if yes, you're probably pretty safe, right? So we have an arrow drawn to the probably not mansplaining. Uh, and then there's the question of, you know, do you have more knowledge? Uh, or is this something that that you would reasonably assume a man in a similar position would know? If so, maybe you're mansplaining. Uh, and then there's there's a, a little branch for, is this person a well-known expert? If yes, just stop talking. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I included a <laughs> little bit of snark just because I, I've been on the receiving end of that so many times myself. And I think maybe it was that last response that that made it resonate so much on Twitter. And and I just got so many women saying, yes, 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 please. Uh, can I stamp this on the foreheads of my male colleagues? So um, it just, it struck a nerve for people, I think.
2: Right. And, you know, when I was looking at uh, when you posted that, I think it was on LinkedIn, there were comments from other males. So I wanted to, to get your perspective on that. I noticed that many men had comments regarding, well, we do it to men also. We don't do it only to women. Mm-hmm. So what is your feedback to that?
3: Yeah, there were lots of lots of guys on Twitter, and I should say male presenting people, female presenting people. I don't want to make assumptions, but there were lots of responses that said, hey, thanks, this is helpful, which is what I intended, which was great. Uh, there were definitely some defensive, not all men kinds of things. And there was the, well, we do this to each other. It's not about you being female. It's just about how guys talk. And so women should just learn how to deal with it. And I thought that was very interesting because... Um, there's plenty of evidence that this is not a helpful communication pattern among men either. Uh, and so there's just this assumption that women should adapt to men as the norm, which is a giant privileged assumption, right? And so a lot of how women behave in groups and a lot of the sort of stereotypically feminine communication patterns happen to be shown to work better in teams. So maybe the guy should adapt to those female feminine coded communication patterns behavior patterns. So that's that's my feedback to that, which is why should we assume that one behavior pattern is the one that we need to adapt to? Let's look at what's more productive and start with that.
2: I, I certainly agree. And Pod Crew, I want to invite you to the conversation. I know that you, some of you have shared that you also have been mansplained. Can you share maybe some of your experiences with that? Um, Lolly, let's start with you.
4: Absolutely. Kim, thank you so much for your insight on that. I definitely, as we were preparing for this discussion, I definitely realized that there is a potential there for it to be both male and female. Being the oldest in the podcast crew, I'm going to say that maybe I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't have as many people stepping in and telling me what I need to, you know, should think or do. But I've definitely been there. I've always been a little bit, well, somewhere along the way, I was a little bit more mild and meek in the background and saying, "Let me look at this." But thankfully, with a lot of um, of continuous mentoring from from males and in that respect. I've been very fortunate to be able to stand firm on my positions. So I you know, I think that has been very important. But I think that the key that for me right now as I think about this is that it's also not effective, right? You put somebody you put somebody down, you make them feel bad, you're not going to get to your result. And that may be more of the reason that I can fluctuate a little bit because I am a very results driven person. Right. And, and when it comes to my team and how I am approaching things, I'm always going to keep my eye on that end goal. And so it becomes a little bit better, but I definitely think that as we age, especially as women, we could be become more of an authority. We, we stand much taller, uh, in terms of just being able to sit at any table and demand our space. But in the meantime, it's not okay if somebody makes you feel that way. By no means. It's not acceptable. And I think that what Godla did, you know, in going and approaching somebody uh, right after the fact and saying, you know what, let's talk about this. That's probably the best approach to any
2: of it. Thank you. Kim, do you think that that does happen more to younger females?
3: You know, I think it probably happens in, in both directions. And I mean, I happened to use the term mansplaining because it was what I was asked about. And it's the form of it that I most often experience. There are absolutely other kinds of splaining, right? I mean, as a white woman, I don't get white splained to, but I'm sure lots of other folks do, right? There's, you know, there's ageism that happens. I mean, I've had younger people try to explain to me what Twitter is like. Yeah, guys, I know. I get it. (laughs) Um, and, And at the same time, I see older folks assuming that young people don't know what they're doing. So, and the one the one form of it that I've heard men complain about that I'm definitely convinced happens is mom's blaming, right? Where dads get this, and a woman sees a a guy with a baby and just assumes he has no idea how to change a diaper, right? And that frustrates them to no end. To which my response is, yeah, now you know how we feel, right? So I think it happens in a lot of different contexts, but I, I think your point about maybe hitting a certain age and and kind of standing in your power a little bit more is true. There's a certain age, I think, at which we're established in our careers a bit and maybe feel more comfortable claiming that space than than a younger woman might, uh, for sure.
2: That's true. What about you, Anna? You want to share some of your experiences with mansplaining? I know you had a few.
1: <laughs> yes. In the dominant male world that I work in, definitely had a few. And I would say um, to much of the conversation that's been going on, it's not really just men that have mansplained me. You know, I've had women do it too, and older women do it, and even the younger ones, to Kim's point. Um, and of course, there are some of my favorites, you know, men trying to explain women's like, childbirth and what outfits mean that I wear. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad you know that. Thank you for training me on that material. But I would say one that irks me the most is when I go into a customer appointment. I mean, this is my client. My reputation means everything to me. I'm discussing a solution and my peer leans in. Well, let me clarify that. What the heck are you clarifying, dude? Like, what? I mean, how about we ask the client, does they have a question? And again, it's not just my mid peers. That's why I put peer in my response, right? Um, it's, it's also happened. And oftentimes, they're simply paraphrasing what I've said. So it's not like they're clarifying or re-explaining anything. Um, they just sometimes use different vocabulary words or they sprinkle a little bit more assertive, you know, assertiveness to it. Um, and it's like, wow, you know, how awkward was I, right? So th- I think that's the most annoying one. And there's been times when, to Carla's point earlier, that I used, no, actually, I've never been one to really stay quiet. You can. <laughs> 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 you can ask anyone that and you know or if if I feel like they're putting me in a position that I might not be able to come out of if I go back leaving that meeting without saying something I try to you know re-sway re, uh, the conversation in a new direction to kind of not leave it to where it's doing something because I also value the reputation of my employer right I'm not going to sit there and argue with my peers about the explanation we gave, but I think that as we grow within either the role that we're in, because sometimes the confidence level grows, it's a little bit more comfortable, you know, using Kim's diagram and saying, just shut up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, versus, you know, oh, well, maybe Anna did need my help, you know, and I normally like to you know, provide a space for somebody to come in and, you know, just share, repeat or something. I might've missed something. So that's absolutely valid. But for you to just come and say, let me clarify, like Anna explained it wrong, then that's where I have a problem. You're now explaining me, you know. Or I love when people tell me, that their pain is just like childbirth. I'm like, dude, I delivered three kids and that sounds nothing like childbirth. (laughs) You know, again, those are just the things that annoy me. Those are the common ones. But the one that I would say truly gets to me is when you're trying to clarify me, when I've said nothing that needs clarification, in my opinion or my client's opinion. So that's the one that I get. I'd say probably today, you know, I could go on and on forever with experiences. It's not like it was a yesterday thing. It was a, oh, you mean from earlier this morning thing. (laughs) That's true.
2: And are you getting a lot of that type of feedback, Kim, that people, women specifically, are coming to you and saying thank you because it it is helping me explain what they're doing to me, essentially?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think one is, is folks felt validated, right? That, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's not just me. And two is, oh, good, this is a handy explanation. And, and it definitely got a positive reaction. You know, people were saying, can I put it on a t-shirt? Yes, go ahead. People have translated it into Japanese and Serbian and I don't know no how many way. other languages. Wow. That's awesome. Um, it, because it, it resonated for them. And yeah, I It's interesting, Anna, you talk about the not feeling like you needed that clarification, right? And something that I think about is, can we use the concept of consent in conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you need an explanation? Do you need clarification? Are you actually interested in my feedback? If not, okay, great. I back off, right? So it's just not that hard to ask if someone needs something versus just inserting yourself in it. So it just, it seems like not that difficult a principle to adopt somehow, but I think there's a lifetime of training behind our communication styles, right?
2: And I think sometimes too, I work with a a group of people, I won't say names, but a group of people who are experienced in their fields. Uh, And oftentimes, because they have that experience in their fields, they feel validated to give you an opinion on something that is your experience, you know, it's your field of experience, Uh, but they feel because they have, you know, many years of experience in doing research and those those type of things that they can provide valid uh, feedback that may not align really with what you're saying. And and you are still the expert, but because they're jumping into the conversation, it just kind of creates an uncomfortable situation for everyone, I think. Uh, So I think, like you say, Kim, just taking a step back to say, is my my feedback wanted? Is that something that, you know, will add to the conversation? Or is that just me trying to validate myself to show that I also have experience in this area? So Mm -hmm. it's just taking a good look at yourself. (laughs) What about you, Renee? What about your experiences with mansplaining?
0: Yeah, I'm going to take a different approach here because I work in a uh, Taiwanese-based culture and that has something to do with it as well. Typically it's uh, a top-down type of culture and the higher you go uh, obviously there's less women. For me I my profession is human resources and I generally get the you know explaining from some of the men in some of the executives because you know they're in the C suite and they start to explain you know the law, you know employment law even though they're not lawyers. They don't have a background in human resources. <laughs> they don't have any of that. So you're trying to tell them, you know, hey, in this particular situation, you know, we have to abide by these guide rules. This is what the law says. And then, you know, it's almost as if it fell on deaf ears. And then they're like, oh, I looked it up and this is what it is. And you just I just kind of sit there and I'm just like, which is very difficult for me. (laughs) So I try to just, you know, take a breath, let them finish, you know, and I'll say, Oh, well, thank you. But um I would like to recommend (laughs) this because I mean I understand what they're doing and you have a it's a culture of saving face. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful. You know, how you approach that situation, because if you make them lose face amongst their peers, that is not a good thing, even though their peers know that they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) So it gets a little tricky. But when if I'm in a different uh, room, then I'm usually more vocal. I'm usually more vocal. I will say, well, no, that's not it. This is what it is you know, because I feel like I have the authority and the experience to do so. And they're more my peers. So I'll be a little bit more forward and, you know, guard my space as opposed to when I'm with the executives.
2: So culture does have a lot, a lot of influence in, in how the situations are handled, right? Um, so I guess to wrap it up, uh, Kim, what would you say, what would it, what type of uh, advice would you give a female that may be experiencing mansplaining in the workplace? And what about the male who wants to make sure that they are not mansplaining?
3: Actually, I want to emphasize something that you were just saying, Renee, along these lines, which is in any given situation, you're making a decision about how to navigate this communication style that somebody else is imposing on you. And so I would say that when you're a a person who has more privilege or power in a situation, regardless of where that comes from, your gender or other, you want to think about, you know, what are you imposing on people with your approach to the communication that they then have to navigate? Because that stuff is exhausting, having to think through that every time, right? And I think that that if you're somebody who has someone communicating at you in a way that's not so effective, then I think you you have to figure out A, is this the battle I'm going to fight today? B, what's going to be my most effective way to fight it? Is it in the moment? Is it following up with them after and saying, when you did this, here was the impact on me. I'd rather you did that other thing. And then I think the third thing is just, you know, let's look around at our colleagues and see, where is this getting imposed on other people who are getting exhausted? And am I in a better position maybe to step in and encourage a different communication style, right? So, um, can I help amplify that younger woman's voice when she's getting stepped on? Or, you know, can I, as a white woman, make sure that my colleagues of color are getting heard and not make that all be on them to to give feedback on that behavior and uh, without otherwise taking up airtime, right? So I think we just have to look for where do I have power? Where do I not have power? How do I want to navigate that? And where can I use my power for good uh, in those situations?
2: I love that. I love that because it is about empowering others. I think now that many of us, at least those of us here in the room, have a little more experience, we may feel more empowered to speak up, even if it's not for ourselves. But I know we see it often uh, happening to other people women or, or minorities. And it is so important to empower those uh, and, and step in and, and try to help and use your voice and your knowledge to stop that type of communication. And it is just a behavior shift, I think. I think most yeah. people don't do it because they mean harm. They they really just don't know that they're doing it. Uh, I would like to think that. <laughs>
3: I, I think that's true. and And, you know, intentions and outcomes, of course, are not the same thing. So I think we just have to look at What's the outcome of my communication, regardless of how well I intended it? So
2: right. Because in my experience, after I pulled my colleague to the side and said, Hey, you know, did you were you aware that when you said X, Y, and Z, um, that was a form of mansplaining. And he was not familiar with the with with the the the, the meaning of it. And he said, mm-hmm. Well, can you explain to me what, what does that mean? And I said, Well, you know, you were pretty much stepping on what I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, and you came across as though you were minimizing my experience and what I was there to do. Uh, he's like, Oh, I'm very sorry. I did not mean to do that. Um, so he was apologetic and, and, didn't do it as much after, (laughs) but I I think that he, uh, that at least he was now aware uh, to try not to do it. And sometimes it's just their personality. That's just what they do, right? But at least now they're aware that this is what is causing. Any other thoughts before we wrap up our topic for today?
1: I just wanted to say, um, Kim, thank you for joining us. And and again, this is something that I wish to Carla's point that everybody accidentally did it, but I know for a fact in my particular case, even when I have brought it up, it's more, I get dismissed. So, you know, to all of you you ladies out there, I mean, absolutely speak up to all of you younger men out there that might be dealing with the same thing. Absolutely learn to speak up. You don't have to be disrespectful in the process, right? You can definitely take it as a learning opportunity for both you and the other individual,
2: Right. Thank you so much for that. And i like to say that the the reason why we decided to pick mansplaining rather than communication patterns or something else um, is because numerous studies support the claim that women in the workforce argue that men interrupt them far more than the reverse. It is, it is a fact, right? There is a study actually titled Sex Roles, Interruptions, and Silences in Conversations by Don Zimmerman and Candace West. They are sociologists at the University of California, Santa Barbara and they found that there are definite and patterned ways in which the power and dominance enjoyed by men in other contexts are exercised in their conversational interaction with women. In that study, the authors analyzed 31 two-party conversations that they had taped recorded in public places, such as cafes, drugstores, and university campuses. And of the 31 conversations, there were 10 were between two men, 10 were between two women, and 11 were between a man and a woman. And then the two same-sex combined, the authors found seven instances of interruptions in the male and female group. However, they found 48 interruptions, 46 of which were instances of the man interrupting the woman. So another study from 2014 at George Washington University also uncovered that when men were talking with women, they interrupted 33% more often than when they were talking to men. The men interrupted their female conversational partners 2.1 times, uh, three time a three-time minute conversation. So that number dropped to 1.8 when they spoke to other men. So they do interrupt women far more than men, right? Even though they do say that it happens to both, it does happen a lot more when when they're talking to women. Um, The women in the study rarely interrupted their male counterparts. It was only an average of once every three-minute dialogue. And according to the world-renowned communication expert, Deborah Tannen, men speak to determine and achieve power and status. Women talk to determine and achieve connection we value connections. That is a fact also, right? So for our men out there, think twice before you interrupt. Are you interrupting to become the speaker and gain power or are you interrupting to gain clarity? So make sure that you know why you're interrupting and then follow through. So with that, we want to thank Kim Goodwin for joining us today and sharing and creating that awesome diagram that I know we are going to use. And I I did share it on my social media platforms for those that or wondering what mansplaining is, uh, and I, I've gotten some feedback already, so thank you. And thank you to everyone here for your feedback and for sharing your experiences with us. Thanks, everyone. We hope you enjoyed
5: this episode. Thank you so much to Kim Goodwin for taking the time to join us. The information she shared on mansplaining, what a great topic. We certainly learned some valuable information. At the end of the day, it's about being respectful of each other and insisting the same from others. You can follow Kim Goodwin on Twitter at Kim Goodwin. As promised, we will have some spots to join us as an audience member on future shows. We hope you're as excited as we are. Here is the quick instructions to get on our list. Go to our True Talk Cafe Facebook page and send us a request to attend episode three as an audience member. Be sure to use the hashtag TTCEP3. Again, Hashtag TTCEP3. We will respond to your request with our podcast website link, where you'll need to enter your preferred email address for us to send you the actual link to join. We'll also send all audience members a reminder the day beforehand so that you can be sure to not miss the recording. This is going to be so much fun to have you join us live. As always, your feedback is so important. Please let us know your thoughts about today's show, leave a comment or review. We will respond to all comments. So again, please be nice. We'd love to hear about your experience with being mansplained. Please do not forget to like and rate the episode. We appreciate your tuning into our podcast and hope you join the TTC Crew Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using at True Talk Cafe. Also, make sure you use the hashtag TTC Talks or hashtag True Talk Tuesdays recommendations for discussion topics are always welcomed. We want to ensure we're providing you content that you find valuable. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That's very important. So thanks for listening. We hope you will join us for our next podcast episode. The topic will be domestic violence. This one's going to be a very necessary discussion. Till then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Talk soon.